listening to the Nonstop Mom podcast, where you'll gain scriptural insight that will help you effectively raise next generation leaders. Here's your host, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Hey, ladies. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Carolyn Shuttlesworth, and this is the Nonstop Mom podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and sticking with me all these weeks. I appreciate it. I love hearing from you. I love you all. It has been wonderful to get to know a lot of you ladies. You've been writing in. Thank you so much uh, for joining the Nonstop Mom Facebook page. Uh, There's also a private group on there. If you haven't already done that, you can find it on Facebook under Nonstop Mom. Uh, with Carolyn Shuttlesworth. And um, I'm going to start doing some Facebook Live videos coming up here soon, Uh, maybe doing some giveaways. I think that would be really fun for moms. Uh, So anyway, I want you to be a part of that when I start doing that here soon. So you can look me up on Facebook, also on Instagram. It's just under my name uh, for Instagram. It's Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Uh, But I've been hearing some wonderful things from some awesome moms, and I love to get to know you. So thank you so much for all of you who are listening and who have written in, and we've uh, had some discussions back and forth. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. So I had asked the other day if people wanted to send me some topics. I love to write them down. I keep them, you know, with me at all times. So when something drops in my spirit or comes to me, I automatically, you know, start taking notes. And one thing that I hear a lot is uh, marriage, how to balance life, marriage, your kids, your home, You know, a lot of times uh, you have this amazing relationship with your husband and then you start having children and it's like, where did it go? You know, it's so scary for for uh, girls who aren't married yet or they're getting into dating or they're newly engaged and they hear all this negativity out in society about, you know, once you get married, it's a ball and chain. And then when you start having kids, forget it. You're going to look dumpy. You're going to be tired. You're going to have like a crazy lifestyle. Every, you know, yes, there's extra people in your space now, you know, when you start adding kids on. But it's such a joy. It's however you make it. It's, you know, whatever you decide to react to the ways of life as a parent, as a wife, as a mom. Uh, That's a podcast I did last week about guarding your mind because, you know, we set this tone in our home and how we react and the vibes we give off is going to affect everyone else around us. So if you haven't listened to that one from last week, I really encourage you to do that um, about guarding your mind. But this week, I want to talk about uh, putting your husband first. I, It's sad. I'm around a lot of uh, couples and um, obviously people who have kids I'm going to be talking about because when it's just the two of you, uh, hopefully you're putting your husband first. <laughs> that's that's the way it should be. Biblically, uh, that is, you know, 
the Bible was not written for just suggestions on how we should live our life, suggestions on how we should parent, suggestions on how of a, a wife or a husband uh, or a friend or, you know, how we're supposed to be. It's not a book of suggestions. This book, the Bible, is alive. It's powerful. The words are um, God-inspired to give us a, a manual of life so things can go in a certain order, a certain direction, and a certain way. So it always boggles my mind when people distort the Word of God based on a situation around them. They go to everybody else except the Word, uh, or they find a friend who's barely saved, or you know they just want to go to that person to hear something that feels good, uh, but not necessarily that's going to benefit their life. So when it talks about, you know, when I'm talking about putting your husband first, it's a big deal. And after you have kids, he should still be, you know, obviously second to Jesus, but number one in your life. Just because you have children, you're just going to have to learn when you have children to balance things differently. You don't have to give up stuff. That's just like such a uh, <laughs> a crazy way of thinking that's been embedded in us, uh, you know, by the world or I don't know, by counselors or psychologists. I don't know that we have to give up stuff. We may have to rearrange things when we have kids, uh, maybe a different sleeping pattern for a season, uh, devoting our time, you know, if for moms who are uh, nursing or moms who are, you know, go back to work after they have children, you know, we have to, we have to change a few things. We don't have to give up anything. I, I honestly sit here and think about, um, what I've had to give up. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, may, maybe, a few less date nights, but I mean, we're just so busy now and I enjoy my kids. Like I'm not trying to get away from them. It is important to have date nights. I'll touch on that. But I'm just saying like, I'm really sitting here trying to think, what have I given up? I've got a child who's turning nine next week. Um, I've got three children and I, I'm just, I'm sitting here over the years, like what have I given up? And actually my life has gotten so much better. It's great. I mean, no complaints. I have a wonderful husband, three wonderful kids that all love the Lord, all serving the Lord. And it's just like we enjoy doing it together as a family unit. So I, I, I anyone who's listening to this, I, I honestly, I don't know what people are talking about when they have to give up things. And you're, if, if life is so terrible to get married and have kids, like, don't do it then. Just do what Paul says. It's better just to live completely devoted to the Lord and forget the whole marriage thing. It's not for you. But I mean, if you genuinely want to fall in love, get married, be a wonderful wife and a wonderful mom, you're not going to have to give up things, be drugged through the mud and everything else, be exhausted and tired and miserable and, you know, 
It's just so silly. It, it, you, you've got to read the Word of God because it's it brings joy to your life when you're thankful, when you praise the Lord. Uh, you have to do that on a continual basis. It changes the atmosphere. I can't express that enough in all my podcasts about your environment and changing it. You are in charge of it. Um, a wonderful minister of God that I listen to has says, changed people change the world. You, you have to be changed yourself in order to change anyone else around you. So putting your husband first. You know, we use this verse a lot, John 10, 10, the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. And I hear that a lot, mostly, you know, when someone's uh, going through a battle of uh, sickness, disease, that verse, you know, I even use that a lot because it's true. God does does uh, nothing bad and it's all the devil. He's out to get us. And, um, you know, we have the power over him. The devil, the enemy has zero power. The Bible says, you know, we've been given all the power. So if we have it all, A-L-L, capital A-L-L, then the enemy has no power. So anything, you know, he gets away with, we've uh, we've allowed him to do. We've opened a door to it. So John 10.10, 10, the enemy is after our marriages. He wants to break them up. He wants to get that foothold in with strife uh, and and arguing. And, you know, when kids are born, it's just all about them. And then when that happens, you know, your husband's kicked to the curb and and that's the end of him. It's like, what happened? He was your everything. And now he's, I don't know, a roommate, you know. So the enemy is after our marriages. And why? Why? Because it breaks up that family unit. It breaks up the way of operation that the word of God says it's supposed to be. Our husbands, the head of the home, he's the top. Then it goes to, you know, us as the women. And then it should be the kids. It's not... You get married, use him to have kids, and then once you have kids, he's kicked to the curb. It, it doesn't work that way. So the marriage is going to go south. Your focus all about the kids at the expense of your husband. I see that all the time with women. The way they talk to their husbands, the way they, you know, don't show any signs of honor and respect to him. The enemy also wants to break up uh, a relationship between husbands and wives uh, for an unstable home. Kids want to feel that stability. They want to feel that love. They the, the best thing you can do is is put your husband first. Show your children exactly this is how it's supposed to operate. You know, we adore our children. I love my kids. My husband loves our children. He's a wonderful father. But our kids also also know that they don't come before him. And for my husband, they don't come before me. They know that. We've made that clear to them. 
And they also see the amount of love that we have for each other. That makes children feel comfortable. So when parents act like roommates instead of husband and wife, that's not a good sign to the kids. That's not a good feeling for them. They need to learn how to act when they get older to whoever they're going to marry. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.31, a man leaves his father and his mother and shall be joined into his wife and the two become one flesh. Okay, so a man and a woman married, joined together, become one flesh. I don't see anywhere in the verse there that we're united as one with our kids. We may birth our kids, but we're not united as one with them. The Lord did not make it work that way. So we can't get that part mixed up. We're not becoming one with our children. When we were married, the Lord joined us together to become one flesh with our husband. We have to make this family unit work together and stay in love with each other and balance it all together to make it work. You know, when I when I first got married, we were married mm, four years before we had our first one. And everything was devoted to Ted. You know, there's every holiday, every occasion. We could go out anytime we wanted. We didn't have to think about it, get a babysitter, plan. It was like, literally, you want to go out? Sure, great. Okay, grab the keys. Let's jump in the car. Um, and that was wonderful. Not, not so wonderful where I would want to take it back where I don't want my kids anymore. Even though I love my kids, I would die for my children. And those days with Ted were wonderful. But everything in your life should be forever increasing and getting better and better. So, you know, what happened? Why when we have children, our husband gets the back burner? Why is it we don't have the honor and respect for him, you know, that we have it more for other people? You know, I'll see so many women in the church. They're so eager to volunteer. They're so eager to do this for their children. Oh, the children for dinner want, you know, 19 different things because this kid doesn't like this food. This kid doesn't feel like that food for the night. You know, your other child's not in the mood to eat. And then your husband asks for something. But I see where there will be moms that would do anything to appease their children. But then when their husband, you know, wants a sandwich or decides what they want for dinner, it's like a big deal. Really, do I have to make that? Like, you know, Charlie can't make uh, this what he wants for dinner. He wants spaghetti with special organic meatballs. Like, he doesn't know how to make that. He's a kid. But seriously, Ted, can you please um, just have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich tonight? It'd be so much easier on me. But then when the kids want something, we go over the top to get, to get them whatever they want. No. I ask my husband, what do you want for dinner tonight? Oh, the kids, oh, but I I wanted pizza. Or, Mom, I really wanted, you know, spaghetti tonight. Well, you know what? This is what your dad's chosen, and this is what we're going to have tonight. 
Not that we don't ever ask our kids what they like. Um, uh, you know, let's not go to the extreme here. But this is a good example because it's so true that we'll go above and beyond for everybody else outside of our home. But it needs to be number one to our husbands in our home in order to keep a strong, good, healthy marriage. You have to remember, (laughs) we are married (laughs) to our husbands and have to live with them a lot longer than we have to do our kids. You know, we have our kids to like 18 or 20 years old and then they're going off to college and then we're left with, you know, our husbands and a lot of us didn't even take the time to focus on them over all those years. And do we expect that when our kids move out of the house that we're going to have some, you know, light bulb go over our head and we're just going to be so in love? No, you're going to grow apart. You're not going to have a good relationship. Growing apart could cause strife. You agree with one way the kid should be handled. He agrees with another way. That's not ever going to work. It confuses children. It causes a rift between you guys. And it allows a foothold for the enemy to come in and deposit more lies into your thoughts to, to drive you guys, you know, it's so ridiculous to hear uh, adults in their 50s and 60s after they've raised wonderful kids and then they don't even enjoy each other and they're ready to like part ways. It's like, wait a second, you've been married for 30 years. What are you talking about? It should be even better now than it was 30 years ago, not worse. What happened? What went wrong? And a lot of times, the wife is not putting their husband first. Going to give you three reasons why or how, however you want to word that, to have a strong marriage after having kids. One, it's a biblical example to your children. It's healthy for your kids to keep a strong marriage. It shows them stability how to put others first, and it shows them love, honor, and respect. Number two, don't put your marriage on cruise control. Don't think, I get it. I get, you know, I nursed all my children, never gave them formula. I made all their food. I I travel full-time on the road. Um, Any of you who who don't really know me are new to this podcast or to myself is that I travel, my husband's an evangelist. We travel full time on the road. Anytime he leaves the house, he's gone like 250 days out of the year. Uh, we all go. The kids, my oldest daughter, uh, she's been on the road with us since she was two weeks old. Our middle daughter, Brooklyn, uh, since she was six and a half weeks old and our son, our third child, Ted the third, uh, hit the road at four and a half weeks. So traveling is all they've known. I homeschool two out of three kids. And so, it you know, I get devoting your life to your children. I'm with them all day long. But at the end of the day, they understand who's number one in my life. Dad comes first. What dad says goes it doesn't matter that I've been with them all day. 
And, and I get those moms out there who have been with their children all day and your children can tend to look at you more for for the authority uh, just because you are the disciplinary because you're there all day if your husband's work outside of the home. You know, if you homeschool for any reason, but you have to remember, look right at your husband and whatever he says goes. Do not confuse kids and throw them off because it's wrong. He's the head of the home. He's the boss. So don't put your marriage on cruise control. Because like I said earlier, kids leave at 18 to 20 years old to college. And then that's not the time to focus on each other. You have to continually date each other. It's okay to get a babysitter. I understand for all these first-time moms out there, uh, leaving your kid for the first time, you know, we've all gone through that feeling. Get somebody you trust, family. If you don't have family, like recently we just moved. I I lived uh, near my family for uh, 15 years. We all moved to Virginia Beach. But I'm saying since I had kids, you know, seven years, uh, let's see, Maddie was seven years old. So for seven years, you know, I was by family. What a blessing. You know, I could drop them off. We could go out. Uh, when we were off the road and, and go for a date and this and that, or they had a place to sleep over. But many times people don't have family that live near them. So I moved away oh, like a year and a half ago. I have no family near me to to babysit. And, um, you know, we decided to move to go to our home church now. We really felt the Lord calling us to go and be a member of this church when we're off the road, you know, to receive from our pastor. And uh, I had to find somebody, but it was a while, you know, I was, so don't just decide to go out and leave your kids with anyone, you know, make sure they are of like faith, spirit filled Christians, because you can't just expose your kids to anything. So I get the whole like, well, Carolyn, I'm listening to this and I want to go on a date, but I don't have anyone to watch my kids. Someone's going to come around, pray them in like you'd pray anybody else in. But, you know, don't get discouraged. Don't settle. Get the right person. And right now I have the most amazing babysitter. She is wonderful and I approve of her 110%. She is a spirit-filled uh, high schooler loves the Lord. She's not boy crazy. Uh, comes from a wonderful family. Uh, she's got three younger siblings. So she's like phenomenal and, and just knows how to have that like motherly way with them. But you know, it took a while. But once I found her, you know, I take some dates with Ted anytime we're off the road, we have to date each other, you have to get to know your husband and continue to get to know him. Uh, you know, so I get when you're the mom at the baby stage and you're nursing and, you know, you've got to be around. I, I get all of that. I, I've done all of that stage. And, 
you know, someone's constantly pulling on you. You know, there's not a day that goes by that my name's not called a hundred times. I'm not being tugged on or pulled on or mom, mom in every direction. Everybody wants a snack at a different time of the day. Um, So you really have to just take it slow, (laughs) breathe, and don't let your joy get stolen. But you also have to make time for your husband. You know, when we're on the road, it's a definitely different sleep schedule for my kids. You know, we're in church. When we're on the road, we're in church. Lots of times, Sunday through Friday, uh, or we go Sunday through Wednesday meetings. Then we travel to the next place, do another Sunday through Wednesday. So it's a little bit different of a sleep pattern then. But I mean, since my kids have been born, when we come home, we take a few days, get back on a sleep pattern, and my night belongs to my husband. Like, that's it. Like, I want time with him. Talk about anything we need to talk about in our ministry and our life. You know, sometimes you were reading the word together at night. We pop on a movie. It j- Just time. Just time to talk to each other, to spend time with each other, to cuddle. You've got to make time because you have to think, what? how does your husband feel? You were you know, all over him. He was your number one. You did all the texting. You did all the calls. You know, dating was so grand. And then your first years of marriage, it was like, oh my gosh, he's my everything. I'm so in love. I'm on cloud nine. Then a baby comes and I get a baby can't fend for themselves. So you have to help them. You know, they require you. Your husband doesn't require you in that way, but you have to still continue to make him number one. So you have to think how they must feel when it goes from you giving him undivided attention to like seriously pulling back. So we have to put their feelings, you know, in our thoughts as well. I've had to deal with, you know, a girl one time who had a baby and marriage was perfect until she had um, a baby. And now it's, they can barely talk to each other. She is so um, controlling of, of her son and, uh, just a helicopter mom and I can't go out on a date. My mom, you know, can't watch him. I just, what if, what if, what if? And it's like, uh, what if about your husband? You know, he, he wants to, to look at you. He wants to talk to you. Uh, He wants to spend some time with you without you worried about your child. That's going to make it and never even remember that you went on a date because they're so young. Like we have to remember that they're not going to be scarred for life because they spent two hours, you know, at at the house while you went out and grabbed a bite. Even if you just went around the street, uh, you know, from your neighborhood, you didn't even do like a four hour date night or a movie. And you just went to go grab a burger. Like husbands need that time. You need that time. We, you know, we all need that time. We need our own time together. So number two, don't put your marriage on cruise control because once the kids are out of the house, you're just going to be like looking at each other blinking. 
number three, don't get comfortable. I know life really picks up when you have kids and um, you become a lot of things. You're the taxi driver. You're the cook. You're the maid. You're the nurse. Uh, you're the teacher. You know, you have a you're a working mom outside of the home. You have a full time job. You run a business at home. So you're, you know, on the computer checking emails, this and that. And, you know, trying to take care of yourself. And you settle into a routine. And after years in this phase of running around and no focus on your marriage and your husband, you begin to feel like roommates, like the whole lover status out the door. You know, best friends, it's you know, you you find yourself when you're leaving the house, see you later, like no kissing, no goodbye, nothing, no, you know, nothing at all. It's just become a roommate. Hi, bye, you walk past each other, you know, you're not even going to bed at the same time anymore. It's this and that and and you're just throwing throwing yourself off different schedules. The kids come first, kids sports, kids dinner, kids bedtime, kids need a bath. Kids need me to help them with their homework. Kids, kids, kids. And yes, we are given kids to teach them and raise them. But it's important that there's a balance in everything we do. Just like we don't forget our kids and let them fend for themselves, you know, when they're babies, let them crawl the refrigerator and try to get their own food. You know, we help them. We can't go to the extreme on both sides. We have to find a balance to be able to take care of everything in our home. And there truly is a balance. So if it's not working in one area, we got to examine that and and let go of some things to make it better in another area. And well, I said 3. I'm adding I'm adding 4. I'm adding 4 because uh this this one always irritates me with uh I'm just going to say obnoxious kids. Obnoxious kids. You can't center your life around your children and not expect them to grow up to be obnoxious adults. Now, I know people might think that's extreme, but you cannot put your children first before your husband and not expect them to grow up to be obnoxious adults where they think everything is centered around them. I mean, that's like a generation that we're living in right now where everyone with selfies and just, you know, this mentality that this younger generation has to, you know, everything is about them. Me, 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 me. And We are not going to raise that. We need some parents to step up to the plate and be like, you're acting like that. You better cut it out right now. Uh, That's another podcast I did on who's the boss, who's running your house. So you want to have a good marriage. You got to get that obnoxious kids in line, in, in order Because it's not going to work out. They're going to know it. They're going to know that if I throw a fit, mom's just going to 
come help me out. Mom's just going to stop whatever she's doing. It's like, yeah, I'm going to stop whatever I'm doing. I'm going to beat your behind. Then I'm going to get your father if you don't cut it out. So it's all right to have, you know, the fear of God of your father (laughs) in it. Because when I need help, that's all I have to say to my children. I'm telling your dad. And and then that that's the end of that. So I'm going to add the fourth one, which was the obnoxious kid. So let me go back. I've got the four reasons um, how to have a strong marriage after you have kids. And it's one, it's biblically correct. Two, we don't put your marriage on cruise control. Three, you don't get comfortable. And four, you you do not raise obnoxious kids. Um, I want to be the most important thing in my husband's life. I want to be that. I want to be that. And vice versa. You know, he should be the most important thing in your life. You know, Ted is the most important thing in my life. You know, it... it it all, it all, you know, the way the Bible teaches us things, it's kind of funny how I vision it in my head, but it's, it's all a circle. Like everything is, there's a connection to everything. By putting your spouse first, you know, in front of your children, by showing them this way of life, it trains, it trains your children to honor their father. They see you honoring your husband. They see you putting him first. They see him. He's the one. He has the final say in the house. Mommy is putting us to bed because she wants time with dad. I mean, we just flat out tell our kids that. Please, can we stay up? Please, mom, please. You know what, guys? My kids are homeschooled. We don't really have a set bedtime. They're they're not up till all, you know, times in the night we do relatively give them but it can be a little more leisure because we do homeschool and they're not trying to catch a bus or anything in the morning but we make it clear you know this is our time now mom and dad want time together this is our time so it it, it's not there's nothing wrong with saying that to your children you know their feelings are going to be okay we we have to stop walking on eggshells with our children it's all right to tell them straight up. I love you guys. I've had a great day with you, but it's time to get in bed. We're going to say our prayers. We're going to, you know, read a, our chapter in our book that we do and lights out. And if you're sleepy, I tell them, you can go shut your eyes and go to bed. If you're not, you know, you, you just lay here until you fall asleep. But mom and dad are going to be together. And that's just what it is. So by putting your spouse first, it trains your children to honor their dad. Now, if we look at it in a biblical way, what does the Bible say about honoring your father and your mother? One, it's a commandment. And two, they're going to live a long, satisfying life. So right there, by your actions, you're teaching them a biblical commandment just by your actions, just by honoring your husband, putting him first, they will honor their father. And then now 
their obedience, you know, your children have that obedience to the word of God by a simple action of what you're doing by putting your husband first. So obedience in the Bible, when you obey, you receive the blessing of God. So here, just by simply changing a way of life after you have children by putting your husband first, teaches your children to honor their father, which then is a commandment of the Bible, which then connects to living a long and satisfying life, and by obeying the word of God, brings the blessings of God. So just some simple things you can do. Uh, You know, like I said earlier, enjoy your husband. I know things get different for a season after you start having kids. If you're not a mom yet and you're listening to this podcast, don't be scared. Don't be scared to become a mom. Don't be scared. Your marriage is not going to get ruined. Just plan in your mind to balance it, to just keep your husband first, make that known to your kids, and it's going to be all right. Do not be scared to become a mom thinking that your marriage with your best friend, you know, I, Ted and I were just talking the other day that we love each other more. I mean, like sometimes people are always like, you know, we have to really work at this and, and, and it's just so tough and all these scary things, but man, like we love each other more, like a deeper love for each other is there. He is my ultimate best friend. I am head over heels for him. I, I'm just so thankful for him every, every day, every day. I thank the Lord for him. It doesn't, doesn't have to be in my deep prayer time. It's just like I could be driving and I just, Lord, thank you so much for my husband. Bless him. Uh, thank you for putting angels around him, Lord. I am so thankful for who he is, who he is in the Lord, the man of God that he is. I love him so much, so much, Lord. I could not have married a better person. And without him, I wouldn't have the kids that we have. Thank you so much, Lord, for saving him for me, for saving me for him. You know, I say these things throughout the day. I could be sitting back by my pool on my workout in the morning. Like every day, thank the Lord for your husband, for your best friend. That love will say deep rooted in you. And when you have kids, Continue to thank the Lord for him and it will only grow. So continue to date your husband. Flirt by text if you have to still. (laughs) I'm not going to judge you if you want to send those eggplant emojis. (laughs) Sorry, I'm cracking myself up. Anyway, I mean, you know, don't. You don't have to go crazy, but I'm just saying, like, keep things fun and flirtatious when you guys aren't with each other. Kiss a lot. Kiss a lot, especially in front of the kids. Say I love you. Be cuddly. Show them, show your children what real love, real marriage love is all about. When you wait for the right person that God's given to you, you 
weight. You're pure. You stay. Show your kids what it is to stay pure and meet the right one. Doing that in front of them is going to show them what a real marriage looks like, how it's supposed to be. Show them the love. Hug your husband a lot. Hold him. Keep that physical touch with each other. You know, don't, like I said earlier in my podcast, don't get into roommate status. You can get in that phase and it can be hard to get out. You know, you you get to be one way for so long and your personality gets to be one way for so long and it gets harder as you get older to get out of that phase. So keep flirting by text, have date nights, kiss a lot, hold hands, um, you know, keep that love going. It doesn't have to be a scary thing to get married and then add kids to your life. It doesn't have to be some crazy, horrific <laughs> process. Just Remember who's number one and keep it that way. I encourage you all to continue to work at this. Uh, We can do it. God has given us, us women, he's given us strength to be successful at everything we're called to do. Everything. The Holy Spirit that's filled inside of us gives us the boldness, gives us the strength, gives us the joy to carry out all the tasks. It's not like I don't ever have a rough day and I'm like, oh my gosh, can someone stop calling my name? I'm serving my husband. I'm serving my kids. I feel like everyone's pulling every bit of energy out of me. I have no thoughts for myself today. I can't even think. There are days like that. It happens. But how we react is everything. And so we absolutely have the ability to balance it all. God's gifted us with it. Just remember um, that we can do it. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, Nonstop Moms, and join the private group. I'm going to be doing some lives coming up soon. And uh, don't forget to go on to the website, share it, nonstopmom.net. I'd love to hear from you. Message me, sign up for the email list. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye. Bye.